0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the What's New Then podcast, where we place a spotlight on the power of independence. In this episode, we are joined with Nick, a co-founder of an independent brand based in New York, speaking about his latest fashion collection and the story behind his company.
1: Can I ask a quick question? So how old are you guys? So I'm 19. Uh, I'm 21. I'm 21 as well. Oh, damn. The oldest one here. I'm 23. So. 23? No way. Yeah. yeah.
0: So how do, I'm I'm so confused. I don't understand. Like, is college university for us? Is that the same thing?
1: So, kind of. So I I had I I have so had some international teammates. So I know a little bit of how you guys do it over there. So I went to university, which is the same thing for college. That's like undergrad, but I just committed to do grad school, and I can still run. So oh. I'm doing like I'm like a master's degree, but I'm like focusing on athletics as well oh, so okay. it's a little different than they have it over there
2: how's, how's it been with the virus and that over there the what the, the coronavirus. oh oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh it's definitely probably more impactful than it is over there now yeah. we didn't handle it super well in the beginning so it's been it's been a longer battle than we thought like when it first came to new york i was like oh this is gonna last like a week like maybe mm-hmm. like five days and then next thing you know, I was home for like three months and I was like, oh, shit. like <laughs> this is serious. Um,
0: yeah, I felt yeah. we all felt like that to be fair. Like I I don't think any of us took it very serious. And then obviously when things started to happen everyone was like, Oh god shit, like what's going on <laughs> type of thing.
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh, I at the time I was in college, I ran this business and I worked a job at a uh, clothing brand in Midtown. So I like went home for the weekend and I was like, Oh, I'll go back to work on Monday. And that weekend, like, things started, like, heating up. And I was like, oh, I can't go back to work. So I, like, emailed my boss, like, hey, like, I don't think I can come in one day, but, like, I'll see you Tuesday. And then it was, like, Tuesday, the city shut down. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go back to work for, like, four months. So I guess it's how life works sometimes.
2: So is it kind of a you to focus more on, on your clothing brand now? then?
1: So, yeah, this is actually all a really interesting story. So I'm actually the co-founder and, of this company. And we're not just necessarily just a clothing brand. Clothing is just something I focus on. So my oh, co-founder yeah. myself, so the my co-founder is someone named Justin Crail. I should have brought him, but he never wakes up early. So he's definitely <laughs> early um, he handles all the visual side. So we're kind of like a multimedia kind of, the, I can't tell you exactly what we are. I can give you examples of people like that. Because I, I did
2: see you, you filmed like a music video, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so we do music videos, we do photos, and we do fashion. So, do you guys know like Kid Super? Yeah, yeah. We've, yeah, we've, we've, I'm, we're yeah. Kids Super fans over here. Um, Colm's a great guy. I've, I've helped him on in the past in some projects. Oh, no. what. Very, very inspiring. I'd say like if I had to compare us to something, that's what I compare us to, right? Yeah. It's like we dabble a little bit of everything. Uh, experts of none, masters of all, right? So, we're just kind of like going around. We do, um, we do a lot of different stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. When we started, we were definitely less fashion centric, just because when I started, I had no clue what I was doing. And as we've kind of developed along, I've started to get a better grip of things, of like how to make clothing, how to produce it overseas, X, Y, and Z. Where now, I think clothing's definitely like kind of at the forefront of what we do. Yeah, uh, at the moment. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been a journey. So what what did it start off as originally? Then. So we were founded in twenty seventeen. Um, And we were focused way more on, like, film content and photos. I told Justin, though, my co-founder, I was like, hey, like, I'm going to focus on fashion. And I think at the time, he was like, oh, cool. But he didn't really necessarily know what that meant, um, simply because I didn't come from this, like, fashion background. I never went to, like, a prestigious fashion school. I kind of got into the fashion game kind of late. Like, I didn't really start caring about clothing probably until I was in high school. And I didn't really start designing clothing until I was in college um so there was definitely a a later onset thing justin's been shooting photography for like probably like 10 years or probably shooting photos for like seven years and shooting um film for like probably like 15. um he went to nyu's titch school of film which is like one of the best schools of film in like the country um so it was definitely less but as as things kind of progressed and have moved on And I've kind of stepped up, I feel like, to the plate and kind of started producing collections that kind of told these multifaceted stories. Um, You know, there's definitely been more of a push on the clothing, especially because people like it. Um, At least I think people like it. I like it. So that's kind of all that matters. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a... uh, We started from here and we kind of got here. So it's been a uh, journey. So,
0: you know, when you say about like the videos and stuff... um... I managed to find like a YouTube channel as well. So like, were they like the earlier kind of things that it kind of started on and then obviously now it's elevated into something else? Because there was like loads of stuff with like basketball and everything as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys, <laughs> you guys did a research. You awesome. did we deep dive, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin and I know each other from high school. Um, we were high school like friends. And very late into high school, I'm a runner and a good friend of mine. is My best friend's a runner as well, Chris Thompson. And we had this like lunch table, and we had like a classic like lunch table debate, like a schoolyard debate um, over like, could we win a basketball game over our friends who like smoke a lot of weed, right? <laughs> and this like stupid little like we'll call it like a lunchtime bet, right turned into this like pretty large community-wide event, this like charity basketball game we host yearly now. Um, this is actually the first year in like five or six years we didn't host because of the pandemic. Um, But yeah, those videos you saw are are, our way to, like, hype up this basketball game. Um, Originally, it was myself, my friend Chris versus our two friends. And the whole, like, premise of the game was, like, elite runners versus, like, stoners. Um, Right. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's probably what you saw, right? Now, though, the event's kind of transformed. And it's actually this, like, giant basketball tournament. So last year, we had, like, 14 teams compete to, like, be crowned, like, we call it like hybrid world champs, right? I'm from this super small town, right? It's like two square miles, <laughs> and like, like people come from like all around to watch us play like very mediocre basketball, like at best. Like <laughs> I suck at basketball. Like people literally showed up to watch me like suck. Um, we probably get like oh, I would like say hundred to 150 people come out a year to like watch the game, and then maybe like another like last year we had like what 28 30 people play. But the coolest part about it is we actually raise money for charity. Um, all of the money we raise, we donate to a charity that fights drug abuse. Absolutely. Which is, yeah, very a cool. A very cool thing to do. But ironic because the whole thing got started because our friends. The lead stoners. Yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of how this started. Just and I were working on that together, and I had always joked around. I was like, hey, like I'm going to produce for you one day when I was in high school, and he was like, okay, sure. Like everyone says that and then I just kind of followed through because I was producing a lot of his earlier videos or our earlier videos and now and now we do a lot more fashion so it's just we're still doing videos and stuff but it just transformed a little bit
0: that's cool man so in terms of like the transition then so talking more about the collection more now um, so what is like what's the idea
1: behind the actual names like strictly original so people always ask this and I never have a good answer <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so often when people name their company, they spend like 10 years deciding, right? Like people are like I want to make a company, but I don't know how to start, right? Yeah. And they are like, I don't even know how to choose a name. And they spend like literally like seven days brainstorming. I couldn't even tell you how we made our name. Like <laughs> that's how like not important it was at the time, right? We just like chose this name. We're kind of like, I think Justin made it, but it, it there wasn't like a ton of rhyme or reason, right? Like it wasn't like we spent like, 10 years deciding i think the most important part was like we got a name really quickly and then we're like we're just gonna run with it yeah. and it was the next 10 steps that were really important because people are always like oh like the name like it's so important it's so cool and it's like the name took us like six minutes like i literally cannot even tell you how we came up with the name um so we just kind of moved past that and um yeah i, I wish i had a cool name story but i i don't no, sorry it's a cool name, a cool name. i think no, like you, you don't have a story to be fair. <laughs>
2: So what, what about the, the collection name, the 10 Seconds to Midnight?
1: Yeah, so this is where it gets really interesting. Um, this is actually my last collection at Strictly Original, a um, company I co-founded. So the 10 Seconds to Midnight is kind of an ode to the Doomsday Clock, which oh. is currently at 100 Seconds to Midnight. So it's saying we have 100 seconds before the world ends. Um, I kind of sped up a little bit and I said, hey, maybe we only have 10 seconds and it kind of focuses around the fact that eventually the clock will hit midnight right like as much as we try to like say it won't like eventually time's gonna run out um it really tells this like multi-faceted story in my opinion right so this surface level story i started designing around eight months ago right before there was a pandemic before the world was actually ending um and the story kind of focused around this i used the end of the world as like a metaphor So it tells a surface level story of, you know, time's running out, the world's ending. Like it's, there's a lot of like graphics kind of insinuating, like things are going downhill and people's initial reaction always to like the end of something is fear. They're very fearful Um, and they're very worried and they they almost try to run from it. So in our first promo, we're literally running from the end of the world, right? Like it's very much like, things are ending and you're scared and you the biggest thing is you hold on because you don't want things to end um but that's kind of a a fallacy right because things are going to end so hmm. running from it's not going to change anything you have to accept it kind of with open arms and embrace it um so there's a lot of references to like dr strange love and how i learned to stop worrying about the Tommy bomb and love it a lot of references to like fight club a lot of references to just like these grim kind of dark movies that kind of touch upon it. And then there's a lot of references to kind of my own life um, in the collection and about how things are going to end and that's okay. And there's no need to be scared or worried. The ending is part of the process. When you start something, you know it's going to end one day and you just have to like be okay with
0: it. I like whole idea kind of goes into like the actual collection itself, like how you actually made things like, you know, the jackets or whatever was was that kind of like always in the forefront of like the decisions you were making.
1: So yeah, it's it's interesting how collection design works. So I do things probably a little differently than most uh, people who design, and especially kind of like this level where we don't have like, you know, a million dollar budget and we don't have like. I'm working with like a super small team. I've got like myself. I have like I truly believe like one of the best graphic designers in the game. His name is John Carlos Cipri. And then I got a kid named Brian and I got a couple like close confidants I'll send designs to and that's it. So it's just like super small knit team where we just work a lot. And I like, I'll probably send out like 20, 30, 40 designs to them. And I'll get like, I'll send 40 designs out. I'll get 50 no's and then that will kind of push me to make like something even better. Um, but in terms of what's in the forefront of my mind, 100% when I started designing this collection I was kind of starting to think like hey I think this is my ending time is strictly original Because um, there's other products I want to do right that's really what it comes back to I kind of want to focus on more contemporary and fashion kind of more higher end wear And I was like yeah, in order to get that I'm gonna have to end the thing I love um, So it was yeah it was definitely at the forefront of my yeah. mind while designing
2: yeah. collection. You can you can definitely see there's that does that from the previous collections, there's like an increase in like complexity to the clothing. Like you've obviously sent us the lookbook and that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's definitely different to the previous collections, I'd say.
1: So the collection before was another interesting one. I have always tried to really focus. My big thing with clothing is storytelling, right? Yeah. So I always make the argument like making a T-shirt is not that hard, right? Like. Yeah. You know, a screen print t-shirt or this or that, like or even a Weedie, right? So like everything I do is custom cut. So like no t-shirt. Like I'm not like printing on a blank Gildan. Not that there's anything wrong no. with that. That's fine. <laughs> but I think the part that makes clothing more interesting is when it gets more complex and you try to tell a story through it. So for example, like my last collection was called um, Adventure Team, which was a no to, I don't know if you guys know like the Marlboro Adventure Team of the 80s and 90s. Marlboro used to pay people to, like, go around and, like, smoke cigarettes and, like, be in an adventure, which is pretty ironic because, like, cigarettes kind of kill you and, like, you know, <laughs> no idea. like your best. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, the last collection was also, that was, like, the surface level story, like, right, like, go live an adventure, like, do your thing. But the deeper level to it, that's the thing. I always try to include this, like, two-story, two-level stories, was my collection before never got made. We, i designed i spent like probably like six months making this collection right sent a ton of money over to seas to our manufacturers produced it and then everything that could have went wrong with this collection went wrong the collection got lost in shipment then there was a factory fire then someone died like it was wow. terrible so the collection like never got to me and after that i was like really concerned it was like was i going to do another collection right i was like it takes so much time so much energy so much money and like it's like a toll on you, right? Like you kind yeah. of pour your heart and soul into like making clothes and to never got, never get them like really sucked. So I thought about it and I kind of used the metaphor of like skiing, right? I don't even ski, but I kind of use the metaphor of like when you ski down a mountain or you go on an adventure, you know, there's going to be hardship. Like when you ski, you know, you're going to fall. You're not going to go down every mountain without like falling or like busting on your ass. But even though you know that's gonna happen, you still do the adventure or you still go down the ski slope. So that's kind of what inspired the last collection. Um, was that like go-getter attitude, that like resilience of like, I know it's gonna be tough, but like we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it with like a smile on our face and we do it with a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that collection was kind of more of an, like an uplifting collection, right? Like it was like, hey, like things are gonna be okay, like ski down your mountain. When this collection is more of like a grim kind of like, hey, I'm the world's end ending, like... actually gonna end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially now. And that was the worst part, right? Like I was like halfway design this collection, maybe like three fourths, when like the pandemic started and all this stuff started, and I was like, God damn it! Like the world's gonna beat me to the end of the world. Like, yeah, I yeah, it's
0: kind it's of worked in your favor, really, hasn't it? I was just gonna say, like I, I think even though that did happen, and obviously that was awful, but maybe in the ways you might have learned things as well, like. You know, you were able to go from like a really obviously not the greatest place, but not going through and everything, but yet you've still been able to come out on the other side and like produce like we literally got this collection. We're like we would wear this. Like it's crazy like to see. Obviously, we're not very familiar with like past work and stuff, but yet even just the collection on its own kind of sold it for us really. And like it was, it was that that was really good.
1: (laughs) You know. This part, this is always like my favorite part. I love the confidence, right? Um, <laughs> it's always like when people are like, "Oh, like this clothing is awesome." It's like, "Well, thank you." Like I spent eight months on it. And I hope yeah. someone would like it. <laughs> I know. Um, it's. <laughs> it always, it always warms my heart. So, um, yeah, no. And back to what you were saying, as much as it did suck, and trust me, it sucked.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I'm one of those people that believe like just because bad things happen doesn't mean like it's, it's the end of the world, right? Like it's okay, like. And if I look at my situation, I'm like, if the worst thing that happened to me in 2019 was that I didn't get a shipment of clothing, that's not a bad life to be living, right? Like, I I can't complain. Um, so yeah, I've just been trying to be really like, especially now, especially with this collection, I've just been trying to be like super grateful and super like appreciative of like, yeah, it sucks and like like what happened in the past, but it's not it's not that bad. Like, I didn't get a shipment of clothing, (laughs) making clothing now. It's all, it's all Wait, <laughs> so uh, in terms
0: of like, you know, did you have any sort of ideas of the demographic you were trying to reach to like clothing wise? Is there a certain type of area you kind of want to target? Yeah, th- oh, this
1: is a great question um, because it's a little more complicated than you might think. So the thing about selling clothing is it's kind of hard. Um, so the people are designed for, I normally design for myself first and foremost, right? I'm like, would I wear what I'm making? And like 99% of the time I'm like, yeah, I would wear this stuff cause it's like what I like. So I think part of designing to any degree is like making things that you would wear, mm-hmm. but that's like one level. So I think the next level is making things you might not always wear, but you know, other people will wear and you know, helps tell the story. So for example, like, do I wear a lot of corduroy jackets? No, I don't think I've ever worn a corduroy jacket in my life. Mm. Um, but that was like the first piece of design was a corduroy jacket. Cause I was like, that's what, and that's the other part too. Right. So I feel like I designed for like people between probably like ages 18 and like 25 who like have some sort of like streetwear knowledge and like have some sort of like idea about how to be fashionable, but maybe they start with like Supreme t-shirts and maybe they, that's what they got into it. And I feel like, even though I'm doing this like a very small level, I feel like it's my job to like try to elevate that wear, right? Well, like, it's like maybe when they start all they want to do is wear like a, a Supreme uh, box logo t-shirt. But then they see like a fire corduroy jacket and they're like, oh shit, like there's more than just like box logos from Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start, I mean, elevate. Not that the box logo from Supreme is bad. <laughs> but, uh, it's about like helping people elevate their style and helping them like elevate their taste. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'm like sitting down. And I'm like, oh, like th- this person's going to wear this shirt and they're going to love it. Like, I don't think of specific people just because I don't always know who's going to buy my clothing. And the craziest thing is sometimes like I'll design something and I'll like show a friend and I'll be like, oh, they're going to love this. And they'll be like, oh, this is ass. and they'll be like, this is fire. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think that was fire. And like, like yeah. Yeah. so it's always interesting. Like I'll have these ideas in my head, like who will like my clothing, who won't like my friends and stuff. And sometimes it's a like complete opposite. And sometimes it's like, damn, like it's cool to see them like getting involved in And in like, that's the one thing I, I keep, the hardest part about clothing, right? I always tell people. It's not like the producing it overseas and being up like all night. It's not like the design process, like all that stuff's really hard. The hardest part about making clothing, in my opinion, is keeping your big mouth shut. Hmm. Cause I'll make something and I'll be like, oh, I want to show the world. And I'll be like, yeah. I can't show the world yet. It's not even, it's just a design, a piece of paper. Like, it's not even real yet. And if you show someone design a piece of paper, they're not going to be like, oh, that's awesome, because it's literally just a sketch. It's not until like, you get it in hand, they can, it's not really until they can get it in hand and they can feel it and it's like tangible, but they're like, oh, this is really awesome. Um, so keeping my big mouth shut's definitely been the hardest part of this entire thing.
0: Um, I was wondering, going back to the corduroy jacket and sort of tastes and things, is there a specific
1: Item of clothing in the collection that is your favorite that stands out to you? Oh, you know what, man? I think <laughs> my mom asked me this a couple of days ago, and I like. I started with it, I was like, oh, I was like, I really like this piece, and I was like, oh, but I really like this piece too. I really like this piece. So, oh, what's us my favorite piece in this collection. You know, I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. Sometimes I've been looking yeah. at this so yeah. much, yeah. I she looking for it. Yeah. So we're we're not I mean. I mean. Um. Give me one second. I have so many photos on here right now. So, it changes. So, for example, like, different pieces hold, like, a lot of meaning to me. So, that, like, newspaper uh, button-down we did, Mm. I made that shirt last year for my summer collection just with different newspaper print, and it never got made, right? That was part of the collection that, like, never came to fruition. So, that shirt holds a lot of, like, personal meaning to me. So, part of me wants to say that shirt. Um, one piece I think is so fire is actually the sweater vest um, yeah, that, was, that was on my mind for like I literally designed it almost a year ago. Yeah. Um,
0: so That's to awesome. see it
1: come out was like really awesome. It, what is it?
0: What's yeah. the material? Is it is it knit or is it more?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a knit sweater vest. Yeah. yeah. It's like poly cotton blend. Um, cool. Yeah, I like the like so the sweatshirts too. I tried doing a year ago and they never came out. So like basketball, like you know what I mean? Like I'm looking at I'm like, damn, like all this stuff I would wear, but then I realized of course I would wear it. I made it partly for huh. me. So yeah.
0: Have so, you always been in New York? Like have you always grown in grown up in New York?
1: No. So I am a New York transplant. I am actually back in my home in New Jersey right now, where I was born and raised. Um I grew up in a small town called Highbridge. Like I said, two square miles. So like really close, really tight knit. Yeah. Um I'm one of five. I'm not one of five. My I'm a family of five. So my mom, dad, my brother, my sister. Um, but my experience after that's very unusual. So I'm a runner. So my first thought was I was going to go down to the south in, of America. And I was going to really focus heavily on running. So I went down to a school called Wake Forest. It's um like a southern running school or a southern like school and like a big conference, right? So it's like kind of a... A sports school. Um, I went down there and it just wasn't the fit for me um, for like a multitude of reasons. And I wasn't running well, right? I was running incredibly poorly. When I was down Wake Forest, I became very, um, I don't want to use the word obsessed, but very fashion focused. Um, And I realized for my own kind of health, um, mostly mental, that in order to be the best person I could be all around, I need to focus on what made me happy. And that was fashion and running. So I actually moved back up north. I went to college at a school called Fordham um, in New York City. And I just decided to put like, someone told me this joke a while ago. And they said it's a joke and I took it pretty seriously. They said, sometimes you gotta take all your eggs, put them in a basket and run. And I took that like to heart. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So I put all my eggs in my basket, came back to New York and obviously I was still in school, but I spent most of my time focusing on fashion and running. And when that kind of happened and when I was a lot happier, I got a lot better at making clothing and I got a lot better at running. So, um, now things are great, but it's because I kind of put my eggs in one basket and just ran with it.
0: Yeah. Do you think as well being in New York is kind of like improved your like understanding of fashion and the fashion industry? Cause obviously being yeah. around it all.
1: Oh my God, yes, so much. New York, so when I was down south, I felt like I was like a big fish in a small pond. When I'm in New York, I'm literally a grain of sand on a beach, right? And that's like an awesome feeling because it makes you so motivated, right? Yeah. It makes you like, it reminds you like how insignificant you are. And there's so many people just as good of you doing this that you got to be on your A game 24-7 and you got to be like pushing boundaries and you got to be like, finding your niche um, and it's been so awesome. I that's kind of where I got started. I was really lucky. I got picked up for an internship at a company called Stationary Denim that was based in New York City and Paris. Um, shout out Jay. He I just called him on the phone one day. Like I found his number online. Like I just I'm like an Instagram stalker slash hustler. Right. So I'll spend all my time on Instagram. Oh, oh like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, found him out and he pretty much like took me under his wing and showed me the ropes, taught me a lot of the ins and outs in the industry. And then from there, it was a matter of like hustling to get other positions and like kind of doing X, Y, and Z. Um, New York is just, if I have to like put it in one word, I'd say it's super inspiring. Right. Um, because there's just so many other great people around you doing it. And you're like, damn. And like you go down the cell and you see Literally, it's like, the, besides Paris, it's like the place to be, right? It's like all the stores, everyone's bringing it to like 110 degrees. And you're like, I want to be a part of this, right? Like, that's always been my end goal. I was like, I want to like have a voice at this table. And I'm far from that. But because I'm so far from it, it's like, damn, like I'm going to work twice as hard. I'm going to work three times as hard. So maybe one day I have a chance to speak at this table.
2: Yeah, yeah. So obviously you're talking to us now. Have have you worked with other people from the from the UK before then? Oh,
1: good question. <laughs> Try to, give me a second? Let me think. I don't think so. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think I have. I think this is a first. Okay.
0: Do you think we're really English? Like the the? What, do we fit the English stereotype?
1: I'm going to be honest, man. A couple of minutes ago, you said to Reckon, and I was like, oh, shit. They're definitely from England. Like, that's when they like, clicked to me. I was like, oh, like, you look at you guys, and I'm like, oh, like, you know, they could be from, like, anywhere in the country, like, you know, the United States. And then you said to Reckon, and I was like, oh, yeah.
0: They're from overseas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, so in terms of more to do with, you know, what you want to be in future, like, uh, your goals and everything, where do you want to take it? do you want to continue with like the collections or would you rather have like, cause is it, is this store only open when there is a collection that's dropped? It's not like always open. Yeah,
1: yeah no, we did. We had a very interesting model. Um, as strictly original because I kind of had full say over it. Um, cause I was kind of like just handling all the fashion side of the business. Um, I realized very early that I knew nothing about clothing. Right. I actually think it's one of my greatest attributes, right? Is I'm willing to admit, like, especially in the beginning, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So, I'll answer this in a very long-winded quest Answer. A little bit. So, when I first started, I was literally reaching out to people on Instagram saying, like, "Hey, let me design for you," right? I probably reached out to like 300 people, and like 298 said, "Like, fuck off," right? Because oh, of yeah. course. And eventually, like, I got like a call here with, like, "Yeah, like, we'll like." pay you money to make us clothing. And I knew nothing about making clothing, right? Like literally nothing. But I did that purposely so I would learn about making clothing, right? And it was awesome. I made a couple collections under other under, under other brands and I just learned how to fucking do it. Um, which then taught me, this is how I should do it at my own company. And even now, because when I started, I knew there were things I didn't know, right? And I knew I still had college, and I still had running, and I still was like really occupied. So part of me was like, yeah, I want to drop clothing as much as possible. But the other part of me said, hey, 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 you've got all this other stuff you're doing. And it goes back to also like what my goal is, right? And my goal is to tell these stories. So do I think I could drop like a t-shirt a week? Yeah, I could drop a t-shirt a week. But it wouldn't be this cohesive, more meaningful um, output. It would just be like me trying to make money. Um, So I think by slowing it down and making it like, hey, yeah, we're we're going to be like a major fashion house where we only release two collections a year or three collections a year. It folk it forces people who like us to wait for the clothing, and it kind of builds this hype around it, right? So people are like, "Oh yeah, summer 2020. like I can't wait. And then I take me like two extra months to design it, like this time, right? Like I thought I was going to drop this in July. Yeah, it's late August now, just <laughs> how it works out. But um, yeah, I I had a lot of say over how we dropped it, so I slowed it down. I kind of made it more conducive to me and my lifestyle um and i definitely put most of this focus on these collections and mostly on these stories um which i've been really excited about doing
2: yeah because because i saw you said you're gonna be working on some like visual artwork alongside the clothing as well
1: yeah so we um this was actually probably the most other work we did and i i wish i had justin here to talk about it um but he's still yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna watch and he's gonna be like, wow, you're just shadowing the entire time.
0: <laughs> like you could have said like absolutely awful things about him and he would you
1: know he would uh, <laughs> I, right? I could have been like, yeah, he's he's so busy working right now on the visual artwork, <laughs> but still, yeah, he's passed out. He's actually um, <laughs> So this normally what we do for a collection is we shoot like one lookbook and that's normally kind of it. And it's normally like very like street centric or like we're in the middle of the streets of New York or something. That we wanted to move away from this collection because I, I thought this collection told such a powerful story. I wanted it to be like these different elements of it. Um, so we shot a studio lookbook. It's what I sent you guys, right? It's like the white background shots. It looks really clean, cut and crisp. And then we also were gonna sh- do this like a large production and shoot this studio, uh, shoot this lookbook, which was a really good idea. Um, Justin worked really hard on it. So the premise of the idea he kind of came up with is that you guys play video games when you were a kid, yeah, or even yeah. now. Did you ever play Black Ops Two, Nuketown? Oh, yes. yes, yes. Okay, of course. Like, <laughs> grew up on that. So because the collection kind of deals with like the end of the world and oh, yeah. like all this stuff. We had this idea of making it focused on Nuketown and very um, I love that. How, What's the word I'm looking for? It's like Nuketown in the in real life, like when they would used to make these towns to test the bombs on, they were made to be destroyed. And there was that feeling of like it's not permanent, which yeah. is really what we'd want to cap, encapsulate. Um so we had this whole we had this whole big thing bucked. We were gonna we had a house, we had all these models coming. We had a really good makeup artist and, like, an art director and all this stuff. And a day before we were supposed to shoot this lookbook, it was supposed to rain. Um, And the thing about this, I'll tell you a little backstory, too. And this is just fashion in general. There's never enough time for things, right? So, like, we had, like, a week to shoot the studio or shoot the lookbook. Then the next day, we are shooting the studio lookbook. Then we were doing this and doing that. So we didn't have enough time to like reschedule this entire, like it was just like a large scale shoot. So Justin called me a week ago and he's like, Hey, I got a good idea for another, stu- another lookbook. I was like, what? He's like, this collection signifies like the end of your time here and kind of also like the end of something. He's like, what if we mirrored the ending of something with the beginning of something? So we actually shot the lookbook this Tuesday with kids um, running around playing in the clothing. That's cool. And it's kind of this like duality between these like very grim, very like like desolate clo- like clothes, like the world's ending. Yeah. Mirrored with like these kids who are just starting their lives and are so wide-eyed and innocent and really like so excited to live life. Compared to like, you know, I'm 20 so now I'm like, I hate life. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is like total mirror of stuff. So yeah, I actually haven't even seen the images yet. They should be done as soon as Justin wakes up
0: so yeah Yeah, that's awesome that's 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 an awesome like way of you know finding like the you know the connection between the two um okay so talking more about you know the independent side of everything so part of like obviously what's new then is entirely based on independent stories independent people businesses artists whatever fashion designers whatever um what does independent mean to you
1: oh god that's a good question (laughs) I'm going to look at it from independence kind of being freedom and the ability to kind of do what you want. Um, and not just from like a, a financial standpoint or from like a creative standpoint, but more of like uh, if you say you're going to do something, being independent mean, means you're going to find a way to get something done your way. You're not going to be reliant on other people or held back by other people or held back by your circumstances. You're going to kind of break free. So if you have goal X in mind, being independent means you're going to find a way to get to goal X by yourself or with the resources you have, not being held back or tied down based on your circumstances.
0: Yeah. That's a good answer. I think, I think as well, like the, the point in us for being the independent side is like, Showing that you don't have to be a part of like a, a huge corporation, and there are so many like massive advantages that you can gain from being independent. Yeah. So the next one really is just for people that might want to get into fashion themselves and are interested in perhaps making their own clothing. Um, what 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 advice would you give to them? And maybe drawing on your experiences, what What, what yeah. are some of the challenges that you faced?
1: Oh, that's a good question, Dan. Man, this is this is the perfect way to wake up this morning. Um <laughs> I was yeah, I would say don't if you want to get into the industry because you're trying to make a quick dollar or flip some t-shirts or or focus on like high profit margins, you can do it, right? And you could be incredibly successful. But I don't think that's a good reason. I think if you're coming this industry especially at this current time right when there's a million small brands right because like fashion become very decentralized right where it's no longer these like top 10 high-end uh away couture brands making clothing it's become you know anybody can do it nowadays with the internet and all this stuff if you're gonna try to come in and come to this world have something you want to say right have an agenda you're trying to push forward just don't come in and be like hey like this is my T-shirt with, this is no shy people to do this, but like with some Chinese writing on it that I don't even know what it means and an anime character. It's like, cool, but that's not you, right? That's not like, you're not, that's not who you are unless you, you know, you're an anime designer. Um, Of course. (laughs) Come to the table with something unique. Come with something that's like yourself, like your genuine self and kind of bring that discussion to the table. So the way I think I do that is every collection somehow normally ties back to me calling me being self-centered and me being self-focused. But um, I think the narrative I try to push for is a very personal one of like, Hey, like this is what I'm dealing with and I think it's kind of universal. So take it how you may.
0: Yeah. So I, th- I th- actually think that's probably all of them now. So in, in terms of like the journey of them, but I in terms of like every interview um, we end it on the same question and um, So what does success mean to you? Yeah, we, you know, we, we get the last three, like really hard, you know, get get people like go for it.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, I think what is a lot. Um, I think when I was like a child or younger, I think success kind of meant the same thing anyway. It meant like having a lot of money or like having a lot of girls or like all these very materialistic things. As I've gotten older, that question has become harder and harder to answer. um, if you would have asked me three years ago what was success would have looked like, I probably would have told you what I have right now. It would have been like that's successful to me. I have what I have now, and I'm like I am the furthest thing away from being successful. Um, so I'll answer this kind of in a in a question in, in a Matthew McConaughey way. If you ever seen one of his,
0: yeah.
1: Ask me in five years if, if yeah, I know what success is because I don't think I know what it is now. And to be honest, I don't think I'll know what it will be in five years. But I think the strive to be successful or this this thing in your head, right, that makes you successful, makes you successful in the long haul, right? It's just striving for something, even if you never achieve it. Like, I could go my entire life, I could look successful to a million people. But if I don't think I'm successful myself, maybe that's a good thing because it pushed me to be the best version of myself. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know what success looks like. Does it mean i put out six collections a year to tell powerful stories maybe because this mean maybe i am on a larger scale and the more people know about me maybe um i just think success is a very relative term and old nick would have been happy to be where nick is now and new nick wants something more to be where nick is going to be in five years
0: yeah
1: so that's kind of where i'm at with success yeah that's awesome. Nice. <laughs> I think that's a good <laughs> answer. I
0: think that, yeah, that was a good answer. Everyone at <laughs> least just went, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I th- that's that's all for on our side. Thank you guys so much. Seriously, this was so much fun. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. And thank you to Nick for reaching out to us. It was an absolute pleasure to be a part of introducing your collection to uh, to the demographic that we have. Until next time, this has been Joe, George, and Luke.